Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at robertsrobinson.com. The divisional round playoffs are set and overhyping a basketball non-rivalry on this episode of KKHI. Stan Weber will join us just a little bit later as we break down everything you need to know for this week's matchups in the NFL, which of course starts with the Chiefs on Saturday at 3.30, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is now on. The first round of the playoffs was a lot of fun, but it always feels odd when the Chiefs aren't playing, when they're just out and everybody else is trying to advance to the Chiefs round. Imagine how little you talked about or heard or thought about the Philadelphia Eagles this past weekend. They're in the same boat. There's only two teams with buys now, and they sort of disappear from everyone, only to reappear in the divisional round with a home game. And for Kansas City, that means taking on Jacksonville at Arrowhead for the second time this year. The Chiefs won the first matchup. 27-17, Patrick Mahomes had a really nice day. 331 yards in that game and four touchdown passes. But the Jaguars believe they are a better team now than they were then, and their record certainly reflects that. Their defense has played really well the last couple weeks, but I'd say this. I would warn anyone who's really serious about Jacksonville coming in and pulling off the upset, it will not be their defense. It won't be. Their, Their defense has improved. It has gotten better since they played the Chiefs. As I recall in that game, Mahomes did have good stats. He did have four touchdowns. And I remember just thinking to myself, wow, the Chiefs were good enough today. They should have scored a lot more than 27 points in this thing. But they didn't. The Jaguars defense, the final week of the regular season, scored a defensive touchdown against the Titans to put Jacksonville in the playoffs. And then, of course, we saw this weekend they held the Chargers to just three points in the second half and stormed back from a 27-0 deficit to win 31-30. But I don't think you walk away from a game like that And pat your defense on the back. I think at some level, you have to look at the Chargers and say, well, they were up 27-0. Did they take their foot off the gas? We were asking that about the Cowboys on Monday night as they got a big lead on Tampa. Are they taking it off the gas? Are they running the ball too much? Are they just trying to bleed clock and get the clock down to zero? It can happen. The Chargers certainly fell into that, and the Jaguars' defense did play better. Trevor Lawrence, then the quarterback for Jacksonville, went off in that game, 23 of 29 on the last five series, including four touchdown passes, as miraculously the Jaguars come from behind at home to win 31-30. But let's not get crazy here. This would be an upset of pretty epic proportions. The Chiefs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, which most teams in the NFL are never an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in any game all season long. And the Chiefs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in a playoff game. You know, you hate to draw comps here, but I guess the... They're, they're kind of a better coached version of the Raiders, maybe, is this kind of the way that I would look. They're not the Chargers. They are the last, as far as I'm concerned, they're the last playoff team in. They won their division, but they, they have the markings of Tampa. We saw Tampa. They won their division. We saw what they brought to the playoffs, and it was not pretty. We know who the best teams in the league are. We know in the AFC, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo are much better than all the other teams in the AFC. We believe... San Francisco and Philadelphia are the best in the NFC, but watching the Cowboys on Monday night and watching them all year, and I do watch the Cowboys a lot. Watching them all year, I won't say they're a psycho team, but their best game is Super Bowl worthy. If the Cowboys go out and play like they did Monday night in their remaining two games, they're going to be all you can handle. They'll make the Super Bowl. If they play like that, they can beat San Francisco and they can beat Philadelphia, but they generally... Don't put two games together like that. Their defense was terrific against Tampa. Tom Brady looked old. We'll get into all this 
with Stan Weber. Brady, after the game on Monday night, said, one day at a time, guys. They were asking him questions about his future. He said, one day at a time. He thanked the media. He thanked the Bucks fans. They finished 8-10, and 10, and Tom Brady does not, to me anyway, look like he should be, still be playing in the NFL. I, you know, I'm not worried about his legacy. His legacy is set. If he wants to play one more year somewhere and go eight and ten again or eight and nine and just be a guy out there playing football, he can. But I just don't know that I get it. It just isn't there. And I think we all saw that. So it's fascinating. The playoffs look like this. Jacksonville at Kansas City, 3:30 on Saturday. I do like the Chiefs in this game. I like them to score in the 30s. I like them by maybe 10 to 14 points again. Similar to that first game, like the Chiefs, Chiefs defense will have just enough. And the, and the one thing I really like about the Chiefs and where they are right now, and there is no carrying momentum from the Raiders game over. It's a two-week time period. There's the bye week. There's time off, all that. What I really liked down the stretch was the Chiefs defense looks to me like it's maturing. There's a couple of rookies on there that are making a pretty big difference. George Karloftis has been batting passes down and getting pressure. And Trent McDuffie is starting to fit in pretty well back in that secondary and looks like the player they drafted. The old adage is you're not a rookie anymore. You've completed your first season, so you're on to your second season of NFL games now as you're in the playoffs. So we like that about the Chiefs. I do like the fact that I believe they can win a game with their defense. I don't want to see a situation Saturday where Andy Reid decides to punt with, you know, four minutes to go or three minutes to go and says, you know, fourth and two just decides to punt, and maybe he's up six or something, and says, I'll just trust my defense to win the game here. I don't want to get in that spot because I think we know what can happen in the NFL on one play, especially if you're on defense. You know how these things can go. I don't want to see the Chiefs in a spot, really in any of these. If they play three games, I don't want to see them in the spot where they have to rely on their defense to make a stop to win the game. It'd be so much better if it was in the offensive hand to go win the game or it was just decided because it's double digits and we require an onside kick or something like that. Is that pie in the sky? Am I asking for too much? Of course. It's what we do. It's what we do right now. But this is Jacksonville. This is not supposed to be the one where you're clinging to life at, you know, six o'clock Saturday evening with your defense out on the field. That being said, I actually kind of believe in this defense. We know Chris Jones is a great player. Bolton is a tackle machine. They've got parts and pieces Karloftis has made a difference. McDuffie has made a difference. I just, I feel so much better about the Chiefs defense right now than I have at any point this year. And I think that's a really, really strong selling point going in. I also think there's an outstanding chance that the Bengals beat the Bills. I just think they're playing better football. And I think they're a more complete team. And I think the difference in this game is Josh Allen turns the ball over as he's done all year. And Cincinnati wins it because they won't. Now, if Josh Allen goes out and plays a clean game for Buffalo, that's the Sunday early game. The Sunday early game is 2 o'clock, by the way. If Josh Allen goes out and plays four quarters of football without turning the ball over, the Bills are going to be really hard to beat. But he doesn't really do that anymore. He's a sloppy quarterback. You know, we, we saw Mahomes kind of went through this a couple of years ago. He got good. He'd won a Super Bowl. The game at times would look easy for him. All the accolades were coming his way. All the expectation. Remember that two years ago, he got just a little sloppy in season and started forcing things and doing things that he shouldn't be doing. We thought, well, okay, he's reverted a little bit here. And he did. And I think it's a natural progression. Maybe that's where Josh Allen is. Maybe this is just who he is. It's the fumbles that drive you crazy. I mean, you know, you, if you're trying to throw the ball downfield and you throw an interception, most of us can live with that. It's, it's in the pocket fumbling or running the ball and fumbling 
that's got to be driving Bills fans crazy. And I would watch for the Bengals to play a cleaner game against Buffalo than the other way around. I like the Bengals, and I'm really surprised if you like gambling lines. I loved the one last night, by the way. The Cowboys were my play of the weekend. Absolutely loved that one. They were only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And I was just trying to figure out how Tampa was going to score because I just didn't see it. The Cowboys' defense is really talented. But this week, the Bengals are getting five points. Five. I mean, they could show up and get knocked around and be down 10 with two minutes to go and backdoor that thing. All kinds of ways for the Bengals to cover five against Buffalo. Again, that's a Sunday 2 o'clock game. The other Saturday game is the Giants at Philly. And this one's fascinating. They're calling the NFC playoffs the NFC East playoffs because three of the, the four playoff teams remaining are in the NFC East. Giants and Philly are two of them. This is a bad draw for Philadelphia. This is the draw the Chiefs didn't want. You didn't want the Chargers coming in. You just don't want to play in your division if you can avoid it, especially in this round when you're the one seed. I think Philly wins this game. What I saw the Giants do last week can beat a lot of teams. Daniel Jones threw the ball as well as I've ever seen him throw it. Now, that was against Minnesota's defense, which is the worst defense I've in the NFL. They're the worst defense I've watched this year. They're terrible. But he also ran the ball effectively. And his, his legs are such a powerful tool for him. He gets big gainers, too. It's not just, you know, third and three, scrambles and gets four yards. He'll go for 16. He'll knock some guys over. He's a big, strong lad. And, and this is an interesting game because it's in the division, which leads you to believe this will be a close game. That the Giants know how to play Philly. The Giants may be the best coached team remaining in the playoffs. There's a simplicity to what they do that's time-tested, tried, and true. I don't think they're a threat to the Super Bowl. I think the Giants' bar was getting the playoffs. I, I had them beating Minnesota. And to me, now you're just playing spoiler. If you can go knock Philly from your division out and wreck their season, that's great. Yes, you'd get to go play in the title game. But I don't, I don't think a lot of people think the Giants are a Super Bowl caliber team. So this, would, this, to me, would be the end of the road. This is it for them no matter what. If they win this game, that's it. They're not winning anymore. If they lose, it's obviously the end of their season. Their chance is nobody expects them to win, and it's a division opponent. So you got to like that. That's the Saturday night game. Then after the Bills and Bengals on Sunday afternoon, it's the Sunday night game. Cowboys at 49ers. I, I just, I think I love the Niners in this game. And the only reason why I, I, I watched the Cowboys on Monday night and I know what they've got. And it was just so darn impressive. I just can't see him doing it two weeks in a row. And I can't see Dak Prescott going out and playing like he did Monday night against the San Francisco defense. So I think that will be the difference. This could be a lower scoring game, maybe 23-17, something like that. San Francisco, we'll see what the Cowboys do with their kicker. Brett Maher missed four extra points Monday night. That ain't going to fly. It's just not. You just you can't. We've talked about this with the Chiefs. You can't do that in the playoffs and expect to win the Super Bowl. You just can't. So we'll go over all those matchups and games with Stan Weber. He'll be here shortly. He's also going to be calling the game between KU and K-State on Tuesday night at Bramlage Coliseum. Wildcats have sold out all their games. Uh, K-State fans have Jerome Tang fever. They got blistered on Saturday by TCU. And you couldn't have looked worse than Kansas State looked on Saturday. That after winning what, 9, 10 in a row, getting to 15 and 1. Everybody has bad days. That looked like a particularly bad matchup. Kansas State really struggled with TCU's size. This is not a typically big Kansas team that K-State faces on Tuesday night. But it is a Bill Self team. 
and they will play great defense, and they will be gritty and tough, and they will know K-State's game as well as K-State knows its game. It's what Bill Self does. Kansas has won seven in a row in this series, which is not all that impressive. There's been way more impressive KU stats over K-State in basketball the last 30 years. The one that stands out to me is this one. The Big 12 was formed in 1996. Since that point in time, KU, and this would be Roy Williams and Bill Self, KU is 56-6 and six against K-State. There are plenty of K-State fans that can recite every one of those six wins. And, and who was the best player in that game? That's how lacking this rivalry is. It truly is. And let's be honest, K-State's been good. They've had some good teams. Bob Huggins, Frank Martin, uh, Bruce Weber, won two conference titles Bruce Weber won. They've they've been to an Elite Eight. They've had good teams. Not every year. Not consistently good every year. They've had good teams. The non-rivalry here is about Kansas excellence. Just outstanding. And and K-State fans hate KU because of it. They can't get away from it. They've dealt with it their whole lives. It drives them absolutely bat spit crazy. Jerome Tang made some comments at his news conference on Monday. Hey, listen, K-State fans, I don't want to hear any of this You hate KU. I don't want to hear negative chants. I don't want to hear cursing. Come show up to cheer for your team and not hate the other guys. Now, Jerome Tang's only been there a few months, and that is not going to happen. That's nice of him to say it, but that is not going to happen. This non-rivalry is a, it's a, it's kind of like a family feud. You know, it really is. It's the older brother picks on me, and I can't stand him, and blah, 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 and that's what it is. And the only recourse is to throw a hissy fit, which is what, kind of K-State fans do every year when they play at Bramley's. They have their wild night and hissy fit. Can Kansas State win this game? They can. I don't think they will. I I don't think they will. I think as we get further into the season and the coaches and the coaching becomes better for K-State's opponent, I think it gets tougher for Kansas State. I think Kansas State surprised some teams and just got in some free-flowing games early and went up and down the floor, and it was smooth and easy. And then all of a sudden, they show up with TCU, plays defense, guards the rim. K-State has nothing. They just turn it over wildly. It could happen again tonight. Kansas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this thing. Stan will be on press row courtside calling the game with Wyatt Thompson on the K-State Network. So we'll get Stan's thoughts on that as well. All right, it's our football feast and our KU-K-State preview on KKHI. Stan Weber's up right after we tell you that Window World is the title sponsor of KKHI. We're so pleased to have them on board. And we've been with Window World for many, many years. If you'd like to get a free estimate, 0% financing still available. Doors, siding, windows, lifetime warranty, American-made products, simply the best for less, and the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs. It is Window World, 816-799-0820. Just call John and his team at Window World. They'll be right out for a free estimate for you. Save money and save on your heating costs this winter as well with Window World, online at windowskansascity.com. Fry Orthodontics with 13 locations in our area to better serve you. It's always close to your home. That's outstanding. They also do video appointments now, so you don't have as many office visits as you once had to have. Whether you go with Invisalign or braces, it's the same price. Dr. Jeremy and his team are, well, they're phenomenal at what they do. They actually made it fun for my daughter. She did not dread going to the ortho. How good is that? They made it fun. It was a great experience for her. She's got a beautiful smile for life. And this has been many years ago that my daughter, I don't want to say she's getting old. It's been many years since Abby was at Fry Orthodontics, but she's still got that gorgeous smile. And we thank Dr. Jeremy and his team for providing that for her. FryOrthodontics.com. 
Back Nine Development in Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan. If you're building a custom home or if you've got a piece of property and you're thinking about building on it, a commercial venture of some sort, bring your investors to Back Nine Development. Let them create this project for you. If you've got an idea, they can build it. Back9development.com. Check them out online. You can see the whole portfolio of everything they have at Back9development.com. All right, Stan's the man. Here we go. The football feast and KUK State at Bramlage right now on KKHI. Hit it! The KK Has Issues Conversation is presented by Buck Roofing. Online at rbuckroofing.com. Sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. All right, let's bring in Stan the man who's going to get his crystal ball out this week and take a look forward at these matchups. Instead of looking back at the games that were, we're going to do it a little differently this week. Stan... How are you, sir? How about them Cowboys, baby? Kevin, I'm really, really happy. Super, super wild card weekend lived up to its billing. I don't know why we put super in front of it, uh, but these are my two favorite NFL weekends, the wild card weekend and in the divisional round. The divisional round used to be better because there's four games on each weekend, but now that the super Wildcats wild card game uh, weekend has given us six games it does make some competition but i'm looking forward uh, so excited about that the nfl delivers again excellent football game had a great time my only concern right now talking to you hearing kevin keatsman's voice and thinking you know i'm not just on the phone or texting with kevin i may be on a podcast is people may be really depressed and think it's monday man it's tuesday don't get mad at me it's tuesday if you hear my voice you might think it's monday well, I, there's a method to my madness, Dan. I knew after the Cowboys game on Monday night, you would either be sky high today or just ready to rip them and fire McCarthy. So I, I was a no, it was a no-lose proposition for this podcast if I had you on on Tuesday. But I had to get all the games concluded to have all these matchups and know who was playing. So it's worked out better this way. We'll just... I want to focus a lot, obviously, on the Chiefs, but let's just go ahead and do the Cowboys since it was last night's game. They're going to play at the Niners this week. They obviously have a kicking problem. Brett Maher missed four extra points. But everything else they did was so much better than Tampa. I said this to you earlier this year. Dallas's A game stand can beat anybody. They're as good as anybody when they play well. How come they don't play well more often? Well, they're just not coached well. Uh, the head coach does not create a sense of urgency to get things done and do the details and be clean every week. And that's because he's circumvented by Jerry Jones, the owner. Uh, the owner has press conferences, Stephen Jones has a radio show. It's just um, a mess from the top up. You just cannot create discipline and respect for the head coach when the owners, you know, literally in their meetings, the, the most precious place a coaching staff has, Kevin, is when they meet together in the coaching room, the coordinators and everybody on the staff sits in there with the head coach, and you get a chance to talk pure about what you really think, especially the day after a game. Guess what? When the Cowboys sit down to do that, the head coach sitting at the end of the table, like every NFL coach does, Mike McCarthy looks down and looks around at his staff. And there's probably 25 people in there. But on his right shoulder, almost touching his hands, is Jerry Jones. And next to him is Stephen Jones. Okay? This is like your parents being in your bedroom when you're married. Okay? Does that make sense to you? This is not right. It messes up everything. Can you imagine your parents sitting over over there on the sideline and saying, well, what are you guys going to do tonight? Uh, you know, we're just going to probably watch a movie and fall asleep. You know, I mean, that is what it's like. 
So it's just a jacked up system. Uh, Jerry does not allow his head coaches to coach. The coordinators can coach, and Dallas does a good job. Dallas Tampa Bay, first of all, um, it's not it's not ever anything to take for granted when you're one day from being on the 30th anniversary of the Cowboys winning a playoff game on the road. You never take it for uh, advantage. You did never take it for granted. Okay, so it's a big deal. Cowboys won. Dak Prescott played well. Uh, the defense looked a lot better. Micah Parsons came back. All those things are good signs if you're a Cowboys fan or you want upsets to occur. Uh, those things were very, very good. Don't take it for granted. By the way, a little trivia. First time Cowboys have ever won a playoff game wearing white pants. First time ever. As many playoff <laughs> games as they've won. Just a, a little trivia right there that the, the Cowboys did it. But the advantages the Cowboys had uh, were that Tampa can't run the football. Uh, they can't run the football. They have to pass, and they really have to throw a controlled, short passing game with just a few opportunities down. And they rush the passer well. The line for Tampa Bay is a little bit beat up. And then, Kevin, something that doesn't get talked about enough is I just told you about the Cowboys coaching problem, but the Cowboys staff, Mike McCarthy and his staff, is way better than Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay staff. Mm. Okay? That's not been talked about, right? No one wants to talk about Tampa's new coaching staff. Do you realize Todd Bowles didn't win in the NFL in his first head coaching opportunity? And this year, he went 8-10 and 10 yeah. with a Super Bowl-level team. Eight and nine, and then lost to the Cowboys. So this was a game where the Cowboys had a lot of things going right. All they needed is for Dak to show back up and just play a solid game, and he did better than that. So the Cowboys won. Uh, they do become dangerous to San Francisco. I'll let you ask some questions about that. But uh, for those that want to see San Francisco upset, and Chiefs fans, you do, because right now as we go to the divisional round, there's eight teams left in the NFL, Kevin, and you and I have talked about this. I've always said the Chiefs are going to get the number one seed. I've been saying it all year long. Now you get down to these eight teams, and we have, Kevin, seven of the eight best teams in the NFL still alive. The five teams that I said will win the Super Bowl, four of them are at home, and Cincinnati's on the road. So you got your five teams. If you want to stretch and say, who could possibly cause some havoc, get to the Super Bowl, and who's the sixth best team in the NFL? Dallas, Dallas. Cowboys. So you've got at yep. least the six best teams in the NFL. And so you create a lot of fun, a lot of danger. Uh, but we've got uh, eight of the nine best teams in the NFL playing right now. I would not have the Giants in if you've got to choose. And we were ranking it like college football playoff. I believe in the Giants. I believe in Dable's coaching. I think they're going to be dangerous for the Eagles. But I do think that the Baltimore Ravens would be the next team and the Giants would be out if we picked the eight best teams. Right. But the NFL set up it's incredible. Great. This is going to be so much fun and so competitive this week. All right, so you're not old enough to be Tom Brady's dad, so I'm going to make you his brother. I don't know how to ask this question any other way because we could sit here and predict what Brady's going to do all day long and we're just throwing darts and guessing. So I want to ask you this question after watching Brady this season and then last night. If you were his best friend or his brother, like the closest person in the world to Tom Brady, what would you tell him right now? Play. Play. Just keep Ab going. Absolutely. Play. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Go to another team. You still see it. Team you, you, you watch him play and you think he's capable of greatness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his ball is beautiful. Um, he just got worn down by, you know, he's not going to talk about it, but I told you the coaching staff is not up to par. Tampa Bay uh, they, he was, he had one hand tied behind his back. He had a defense that was 
old, worn out, and, and disinterested in playing regular season games anymore. They've had a they had a three year run that's been incredible, Kevin, of high level. You know, winning a Super Bowl and and last year fighting the Rams like they did. They just were disinterested in playing in the regular season, and you can't do that. You got to respect the regular season. Andy Reid's that's what makes Andy Reid unbelievable. Bill Belichick, they get their guys to revive and play the preseason. The regular season, you've got to respect it in the NFL. You can't advance yourself to the right. playoffs and think you're going to turn it on at that time. Okay. So I think if he were with a new team, he would revive the team around him and he could I, play. I think he looks slow and old, and I think his game is an era gone by. I've, I, and I've only decided that this year. I, I've watched him in the past and thought, okay, it's probably time for him to hang it up or whatever. I don't think I saw a team win this weekend where the quarterback at some point didn't take off and scramble for a first down on a really important play at the very least scramble. And we're watching more and more quarterbacks with designed runs. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts this week are going to play against each other. Those quarterbacks are going to be running the ball the whole game. We see this everywhere. Brock Purdy, you know, with his scrambling ability, we, we, Mahomes' escape ability, same thing. Brady doesn't have that. And, I, you know, we were talking the other day about Brady and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger's, these stoic stand-in-the-pocket quarterbacks. I think it's dead, man. I think it's gone. I think it's a time gone by. And I don't see how Brady can ever get to the level of these other quarterbacks. Well, he's awfully, he's, he's a lot older than them. The the game is so much more dynamic when you can move in the pocket and play. I don't, I don't have any problem with that, all those statements. But I'll tell you what, if Peyton Manning were coming out of Tennessee today and you had a chance to draft him, I don't know how you wouldn't think you're going to win your division every year. I mean, I, I don't think the game's gone by. I still think you win from the pocket on third and seven. You throw an accurate pass, you read the defense, you read the blitz, you make the right audible into a running play, you have guts at the end of the game, all these things. We're not talking about a regular quarterback when I'm talking about Tom Brady. I'm putting Peyton Manning and Tom Brady stuck in the middle of the pocket, can't move. I still would draft them today, and I would bet a lot of money that you're going to win a ton of games. I, I thought Brady quit on a whole bunch of throws last night. The pocket starts to collapse. There's no nothing to his game, and he just throws it into the ground. Or gets rid of it. You know, his best play is yeah, getting rid disgusted. of it. And, and you just, to me, you yeah, can't do that. Yeah, he's disgusted. He wasn't locked in. Of course, he was disgusted. And I think he's he's disgusted for a lot of reasons. And maybe a change of scenery does him good and that gets better. And and I, I'm not disagreeing with you that on third and seven, the quarterback needs to make a throw and make a play. But my goodness, the reality of this game now is the pocket breaks down. You have to extend the play. That's the only way to hit big plays in this game anymore is to extend the length of the play, whether it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who I think is one of the best ever at just stepping up and stepping out. He's not really a scrambler, but his famous move to me was always step up and then step out and buy himself time and find Jordy Nelson streaking down the sideline or something. Brady doesn't have any of that. He doesn't even have a sidestep to buy time. You can't just expect to have a second back there and that's it and complete all your passes. I just, Man, I, I just don't see it. I, I, it's hard to watch him, not just last night. He, he was hard to watch all year, Stan. Yeah, no, I mean, the age is going to be creeping up on you and all of that. But, you know, this is – I love how these quarterbacks move. When, hey, Kevin, I started out the whole thing, you know, my son's name Landry after Tom Landry. And Tom Landry believed you had to stay in a pocket. You should not run. You should not get hit. You'll get hurt. Uh, he wanted you to have a clear mind, don't have concussions. Remember, they used to play through concussions back then. He didn't want Roger Staubach to scramble. And Craig Morton was a pocket quarterback from Cal, first-round pick. These two guys are battling it out to be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. And every time as a little boy, I'd be jumping up and down and say, 
take the running quarterback, Roger Staubach. So you're, you're going right down my alley. I've always believed in this. Uh, if it's Steve Young moving or Joe Montana able to move in the pocket and keep things alive, uh, it, it, I agree with you. Uh, but I tell you what, Joe Burrow is not thought in those terms. And I think he and Patrick Mahomes are arguing for who's the best quarterback in the NFL between those two guys, even better than Josh Allen. So I think you can, I see, I hear you win throwing the football in the NFL and you win throwing the football on third down, in the pocket, on time, and in the red zone and against the blitz. So oh. I still believe drop back quarterbacks in the pocket dudes can win at a high level in the NFL. I still believe in it. And right. I think Tom Brady, if he goes to a team that has some talent around him, he will revive the team. He will do just what he did to Tampa Bay, say, this is how you work to be a champion. and it'll, it'll raise the whole organization up and they'll be dangerous. It's worn out now in Tampa Bay. There's no Tom Brady factor in Tampa Bay. And uh, who knows how good a coach Todd Bowles really is. You know, I, he's not proven anything right. that he's a great coach. So I just think Tampa's in a rut. He knows it. And if he retired, great career, obviously, yeah. uh, the GOAT. But I think if, if I were his friend, I'd say, go on and play, man. Mm. You, you, need it, you need it. Because right now, all I see is my buddies and I text, and 99% of the time it's about football or, or basketball. <laughs> you know what? You know, they're texting me now. Tom Brady's new girlfriend picture. Right, I know, so, exactly. Um, She's stunning, by the way. She's absolutely <laughs> stunning. Amazing. Uh, so here's where yeah, you and I are so, different. So, we, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got to readjust. He's got a lot of things going on yeah, in his life, right? Yeah, he does. You and I agree on a lot of things, not just football. We agree on a lot of things. We're just opposite on this. If I'm his best friend or his older brother right now, I'm like, fuel up the jet. Let's go play golf. Take your Fox broadcasting job. Let's live a good life, brother. Let's go. That's what I'd be saying. Hey, broadcasting's fun. Hey, yes. yeah, broadcasting's fun, and he's going to get paid more than any broadcaster right. in history. Yes. And almost as much as – more than half the quarterbacks in the NFL will not make as much money as he made broadcasting. So he, he, I have he, no problem with him having a great life here, if he gives it up. Here's what I really but don't like, I still Stan. think he can play. Here's what I don't like. He doesn't get hit. And I saw this with Lynn Dawson at the end of his career with the Chiefs. You know, he was Lenny the Cool, and then like the last year or two, people called him like Lenny the Chicken. He got afraid to get hit. Tom Brady clearly is terrified of getting hit at this point. I've never seen anybody just drop the ball, just dump it, just out. The play's over. This was a dead play. Didn't happen. Well, Here the, comes the rush. The biggest play of the game was, yeah, it, uh, let's just put this into perspective. Uh, Gallup made a pass on the third possession of the game for the Cowboys that was overthrown by Dak. He made an unbelievable catch. If he doesn't make that catch, Kevin, the Cowboys are punting for the third straight drive. I propose to you, the Cowboys know how to lose, okay? If Gallup doesn't make the catch, the Cowboys don't settle. And then Tom Brady, because he didn't want to get hit, Kevin, your point, threw the worst pass that I've seen him throw maybe in his career. When he threw the ball up for grabs in the back of the end zone, terrifying. in the red zone, and Dallas got an interception. Terrifying. That was a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's when the PAT misses didn't matter because it was 6 nothing, and Tampa was going to make it 7 nothing. and I proposed to you that Tampa would have won the game and, and he if looks, they would have scored a touchdown there. And he, he, gave, he gave the Cowboys the game with that throw. He looks to me like the player that is playing to not get hurt. And you just cannot play football that way. I'm sorry. That, and well, that's, that's the end for Brady. We'll see what he does. I, I don't know if he plays or not. He's got a great broadcasting job. It'd have to be the right. He'd have to think I got to go win a Super Bowl wherever I'm going to go. If I go to a new team, it has to be a really good team. I'm not sure. I know the, where that would be. I do know a team that can win the Super Bowl, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And at 3:30 on Saturday, they host Jacksonville, 
a team whose defense made a couple of plays their last two games. They made a defensive score against the Titans to get into the playoffs, and then they gave up only three points in the second half against the Chargers to come back and win. Chiefs moved the ball up and down the field, scored 27 the first time, probably should have scored more in beating the Jaguars 27-17. Is the Jaguars' defense different and better now than what the Chiefs faced earlier in the season, or has this all just been Trevor Lawrence has gotten better this year? Well, Trevor Lawrence is the biggest factor, more than the defense, but they're a completely different team than they were going into uh, the Chiefs game last time. They were on a thread, a young team trying to work under a new coach who won a Super Bowl, Peterson. He was coaching them the way they needed to be coached, but they weren't really taking it. And when it, they gave it a good effort against the Chiefs, right? They onside kicked at the start. They went for fourth down. They shoot all. They shot all of their bullets with aggressiveness to say, hey, could you possibly shock the Chiefs? Didn't work, even though the Chiefs turned the ball over three times and Jacksonville did not. All those things came into play, but they were dead four and eight at that point. And that's when he said, we're going to play the last week of the season. He was in a locker room in Arrowhead when he said, we're going to play the last week of the season with a chance for the playoffs. And everyone's looking around going, you're crazy, dude. Uh, they had a week off and they came back and they've, they've turned themselves around. They're completely different. So I will, I will build up the Jags in a little bit, Kevin, because I think that they are a little brother, speaking of relatives, a little brother to what Cincinnati was last year. They are coming on the scene with much more excellence than anybody's given them credit for. But let's get back to the Chiefs. You couldn't have written a better story for the Kansas City Chiefs mid-year after they lost to Buffalo, after they lost to Cincinnati. Uh, I stuck with they're going to be the number one seed. Well, they are the number one seed. They got a week off in what was a dangerous weekend for teams, a very dangerous weekend. Players getting hurt, games almost lost, see Buffalo, see Cincinnati. Um, they, the Chiefs got a rest, got a win, basically, and they get Jacksonville. How could you not be happy if you got an opportunity mid-year to say, we're playing an inexperienced team with a new coach, a young quarterback, an organization that has no idea how to win. You're not playing the dangerous Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. You're not playing the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick. Uh, you're, you're, the Jacksonville Jaguars are better than those two teams, but they don't know how to play at this level, be in the playoffs and all those kind of things. So it is a perfect matchup for the Chiefs. You get a week off for Andy Reid. What does that usually lead to, Kevin? <laughs> Excellence, right? So the Chiefs get a home game against Jacksonville with the week off. How can you not be super excited about the Chiefs' opportunity to advance? It couldn't be better. Uh, Kansas City should win this game. It's a disaster if they don't win this game. They have all the advantages in the world. And I happen to think that they're ready to play some of their better football, that they've been just grinding through this latter part of the season where they're always the favorite, always the favorite, you know, nothing to gain, everything to lose. So they just kind of find a way to win at the end. And people aren't giving them enough credit around here for winning when other teams are losing those close games. I think they're ready to shoot off an explosion of excellence. The defensive pass rush is different. You've got to feel great about the Chiefs. That's the number one statement. That trumps everything else. Now, if you want to start saying, oh, man, Jacksonville, this is so easy. I'm so glad they're not playing the Chargers. I have no problem with anybody telling me they're glad the Chiefs aren't playing the Chargers because what was the theme of Super Wild Card Weekend? Division foes playing each other, Kevin. And that is a giant factor. Think about this. 
San Francisco is so much better than Seattle. It is laughable. Yet Seattle led at the half. That's a division foe. How about the Baltimore Ravens? Should have won the game against Cincinnati. That's Mm -hmm. a division foe. And an excellent team, by the way, but a division foe. How about Miami hanging around with Skylar Thompson against Buffalo? That's a division foe. So I totally respect Chargers coming to Kansas City makes you feel dangerous. Like, oh, man, I do not want to see Herbert and this Charger team that plays great against the Chiefs, knows how to get the arrowhead, knows the hotel, knows the turf, knows the play clock. I get all that. But I want to tap the brakes just a second. Because if you heard me speak last week going into the game, I could not have said it more strongly that Jacksonville is way better than the Chargers. When the Chargers were ahead 27 nothing, and I was watching the game, I still thought that Jacksonville would win the game, Kevin. Jacksonville is so much better than the Chargers. It is not even close. You're playing with a much more uh, dangerous pack of dynamite when you're messing with this Jacksonville team. So please, please respect that it's the playoffs and the danger factor that I talked about, Kevin. If Jacksonville plays their best game, they will be all over the Chiefs, and it will be close. They are a mini Cincinnati coming in here. All right. The Saturday night game after the Chiefs is Giants at Philly, and there's another division game. They're calling this the NFC East playoffs. As three of the four teams left are from the NFC East. It's a bad draw for Philly. I think Philly wins this game, but my goodness, the Giants were impressive. Now, that was against the Vikings defense, which is horrendous. But Daniel Jones looks like he's got another gear, and he can take off and scoot and run. And the Giants, I, I think Dayball's just done an unbelievable job. This might be the best coached team left. It doesn't mean they're the best team left, but they might be the best coached team. This this smells like a game where Philly shows up and turns the ball over a couple of times. They could go home. Do the Giants have a chance of winning this game? Absolutely. Uh, you said it very well. And that NFC East, as a first-year coach, is the best coach in the division. Uh, better than the Eagles coaching staff including his uh, defensive coordinator, is unique, aggressive, blitzing style, keeps you off balance, makes you make plays to win. Uh, we talked about how Tom Brady and and, our, and Manning and guys like that have to think and read defenses. The Giants make you do it more than anybody. Yeah, I, this is a bad, bad break for Philadelphia. They limped into the playoffs by losing a couple games, and a quarterback who's played unbelievable, Jalen Hurts, how comfortable does he feel? I'm not so much about the injury, Kevin but he's lost his rhythm. He really hasn't played in the last month. And he didn't look that good when he came back. And he was living kind of a fantasy. He probably isn't in the Patrick Mahomes sentence, okay? He's really good, but not Patrick Mahomes-like. And he could have won the MVP if he'd have stayed healthy over a Patrick Mahomes this year. But he didn't. The Eagles are questioning themselves. They're not used to being the primetime favorites going into this situation. And now they got to play a divisional foe, Kevin, that has a really set jaw, a great running back, uh, just an h- unbelievable level of confidence and no intimidation at all. I kind of think, man, I am, I am it, it's Tuesday. Not Monday, everybody. It's Tuesday. Um, <laughs> I, I got, boy, my brain is leaning toward the Giants, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I Maybe because I want the Eagles to go down a little bias in here because I think it would be hilarious. Uh, I think they've been cocky about being a good team. But I call the game darn close to even. Yep. It's another divisional foe, like Baltimore against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a better team, but they got unlucky having to deal with the Baltimore Ravens in that playoff game. And I think Philadelphia is very unlucky 
they have to prove their regular season like this. I mean, the Chiefs get the Jags, and they get the Giants. So uh, I think it's a dangerous game for Philadelphia. All right, so the Bengals are going to play the Bills. This is the Sunday early game. And the Bengals are getting five points here. And I'm, uh, that's, this is my point spread play of the week. I'm going to take the points for sure on the Bengals. I think they've got a pretty good chance of winning this game, uh, maybe close to 50%. But I want to ask you a question about the Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs because they all play each other now all the time, all the time, every year, not just regular season, but then postseason. How close are these matchups coming to being like division games? Because the NFL's throw, I think the Chiefs have the Bills and Bengals again next year, don't they? Didn't they put the opponent schedule out already? They play all the first place teams, so well, they're going to get well, them. The, well, the opponent schedule, you play one division in your conference. Yeah, and then and the other first one place teams. in the opponent conference, but you play the other first place teams. So every, every time you finish first, every time you finish first, you're going to play other teams that finish first. These are becoming division games, I guess is my point. Now, obviously, we've got the subtext here of DeMar Hamlin and what happened the last time the Bengals and the Bills caught up with each other. So that is a thing, but there's so much familiarity now going forward. I think we got to look at all games involving the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills as almost like division games. And I don't know that this one really falls under that heading, but uh, what do you make of the Bengals' chances of going to bow? Everybody wants the Bengals to win here because the Chiefs want to play at home. What do you make of the Bengals' chances? Well, I think the Bengals have a, a you know big chance, which means 50% to me. But uh, the NFL is the best-run organization. It has always been this way since I've known about sports. So I, I never doubted it. And it's just also unbelievable how many breaks they catch. All the craziness about how this playoff stuff and what happens because the game was canceled on Monday night with the Bills at Cincinnati. You know, they need Cincinnati to win, and that, that whole thing will be a non-factor. You know, it will be Cincinnati at Arrowhead. They didn't have any problems with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, like they were uh, being Baltimore and Cincinnati. So they caught a lot of breaks, and they may catch one more here to not even have some ugliness. The other break that they catch is, I thought that they should replay that game and respect the fact that the NFL does matter. That's a job. And they should have played the game to figure out where everyone should be. That's what I thought. They should have rescheduled the game. But now, Kevin, that they didn't, I got to say, I'm happy I didn't see him play on Monday night. Because uh, this leaves a lot more intrigue. I'd hate to see one team win two weeks ago, and then the other team win this week, and go, you know, they're kind of equal. But because one team won the second game, we act like they're better. So I, it's unbelievable that the NFL catches another break. The intrigue going into this game is off the charts. I can make a case. Boy, if you had a debate subject, and we had some, you know, the, the most intellectual uh, NFL expert and me talking about it, I'd go, let's debate, and you take whichever team you want. Because I can make a grand case for Buffalo winning this game, and I can do it just as equally for Cincinnati. Um, you said something about betting and in the point spread, I don't know how you can't take the points. Whichever team gets the points, yeah. and if you want to bet and play the odds, you got to take them because this game's 50-50 to me, Kevin. These two teams are flawed. They're not playing their best football. Uh, you, I could see Josh Allen cleaning up his game and not turning the ball over in a red zone or not making dumb plays. I don't think that's that big a leap. So I can see Buffalo taking that step forward. But other than that, the Bills don't have a running game. They're not great on defense. And they've been turning the ball over. And they're very unreliable in the red zone. So they are 
up and down and up and down. Then Cincinnati, who I think when they play their best, I think Cincinnati's better than Buffalo. The best Cincinnati is better than the best Buffalo. But if you watch a Cincinnati game, they'll play a quarter or two, Kevin, that's off par. I mean, it's not okay. that great. All right, so, and and we- so I, neither team is consistent enough. Neither team it, – I it's a dead, even game, and I have no lean. I have no feel for who I think is going to bust through. That's how even I think it is. One of the things we didn't like the last couple of years when the Chiefs played the Bengals was the secondary just couldn't handle Cincinnati's wide receivers. I feel like we saw that a couple of weeks ago on Monday night when they played the Bills. I was like, this is about to be a long night for Buffalo. They have no answer for these receivers. None. Their secondary is thin, and this, th- these receivers for Cincinnati are off the charts great. I think that is the singular matchup in this game that decides this game. I, I just don't know how Buffalo is going to stop Cincinnati. This isn't like you're playing the Ravens now, who know you inside and out and a defensive-minded coach and will play you well. No, th- I just I don't see how the Bengals don't score and score a lot in this game. Yeah, I, 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 with Buffalo, when they had Vaughn Miller, were different. They could have put pressure on the quarterback, but they're not able to do it now that he's been injured. So I, I do. I agree. If you're a Buffalo fan and you're saying, "Man, we need to, this is our year," that's what we thought when they left Kansas City. When they left Kansas City, you're going, "That's a team that should win the Super Bowl this year." They've paid their dues. They've grown up. Josh Allen's improved every year in how he's played football. He's made an amazing jump in his completion percentage and stuff. That's the pressure Buffalo has right now. If you're a Buffalo fan, you're going, "We have to win it this year. We have to." And that means you, you got, you've got to win this game and you've got to win in Atlanta against Kansas City next week and all that. There's a ton of pressure on the Bills to do that, and they cannot impose their will. You know, they do not have a good enough defense that they go, we're going to stuff you. The Ravens do. The Ravens can stop you on defense and rely on it. Buffalo can't. They've got to hope a ball bounces their way. They get a sack on third down and force a punt, and they just need Josh Allen to get after it, make the big plays, don't turn over the ball and outscore them. I mean, Buffalo needs to win 40 to 38. Cincinnati's defense is a little more reliable. I think their defensive coordinator does a better job. The best of Cincinnati, I just said, is better because you just mentioned it. Joe Burrow's the elite quarterback with Patrick Mahomes in my mind. When he throws the ball from the pocket and he can set his feet and throw, just count it as a completion. He delivers the ball perfectly. He knows where to put, he knows how to read coverages. He's all those things, and they got great receivers. So I could see where you, you give Cincinnati the advantage. But, you know, Buffalo will be playing with purpose. This is what they've been waiting for all year long. When they lost to the Chiefs, they wanted to get to the playoffs. We might see the best of the Bills. Don't turn it over. Josh Allen like a warrior. And, and Buffalo can win. Cincinnati's ha- had some very inconsistent times. Just go back and watch their winning streak here, Kevin. You go watch the whole game of the Bengals. There are multiple minutes in a game where they look nothing like a great team and that's what hurts Cincinnati is they may play four drives or a quarter and a half where they don't play exit and they will if Buffalo doesn't turn it over Buffalo can win it's an even game I mean it is a dead even game neither team is hitting on all cylinders right now Kevin they are not playing they're not playing perfect football that makes me scared for the Chiefs the Chiefs are right now the most likely team to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, not just because of the home field of any stuff, they legitimately 
should be able to play at a higher level than right. Cincinnati and Buffalo okay. are because they're a little inconsistent right now. So who do we want to root for here, Stan? Because I'm a little torn on this. I think the Chiefs probably have a better chance. I think they're a better matchup against Buffalo than they are against Cincinnati, and that's been proven because they haven't beaten the Bengals. But the added incentive to beat the Bengals playing at home, all that is sitting there. It, it, let's it, let's say the Chiefs win. Would they have a better chance to beat Cincinnati at home or Buffalo neutral site? Buffalo neutral site. So we really want to root for the Bills. Yeah, because the Bills just are what they are. It'll be a shootout. But the Chiefs have an answer for everything Buffalo does. Buffalo will not stress the Chiefs in any way. It'll be up to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Chiefs will be able to run the ball. They'll be able to pass the ball. Uh, and you just got to think, Josh Allen's more likely to make a mistake in 2022 at this point of the year than the Chiefs are. And so – that gives the Chiefs a slight advantage in a tough game in Atlanta, okay? But at Arrowhead, you got a killer on the other side. I'm telling you, Joe Burrow is the baddest dude around. And um, he will come in with razor, laser focus. And he, you know, they, it's not, you could argue, hey, they can't beat the Chiefs forever. So they've won three straight. You, I, I can hear the argument. Like, it's time for the Chiefs to just beat them just by the odds. But the Chiefs aren't going to beat them because they get mad, Kevin. Don't give me, see, this is the problem. The Chiefs normally can say, Andy can look and Patrick can go. Travis can say, it ain't going to happen today. And they've done that a lot, right? They've done that in the second half of playoff games. When they walked around to each other and said, you've seen all the video, Kevin, where they just go, it's changing right now. Changing right now. We're turning this game around. And it didn't matter if it's the Texans or the 49ers in the Super Bowl. They imposed their will when they put their heads together. And people expect the Chiefs to do that against the Migos. It won't work. Because Joe Burrow doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to read your defense and cut your heart out. And when they can smell a championship, when Cincinnati's only one game away from getting to the Super Bowl with a much better team than they had last year, last year they were newbies, Kevin. They were dangerous. They were like a little cat, a little cat that you had in your house. Like you shouldn't have a wild animal in your house. Yeah. But you think, oh, it's pretty nice. It's just like a regular pet. And then it kind of bites you and you go, oh, let's get rid of this thing before it grows up. It's grown up now. Okay. Cincinnati is the baddest bunch of dudes yeah, around. And so I just say, you know, Cincinnati's going to have a laser focus. They're going to have a cleaner game. Remember I said they have a quarter, yeah, quarter sure. and a half where they don't play well? Yeah. They won't have, they're going to play four good quarters against the Chiefs. Four good quarters. And they know how to play Patrick oh, Mahomes. It's not like there. Patrick can't just get mad. Their defense has a philosophy that works against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And on offense, those receivers are killers. killers. And the running backs are good, Kevin. They're unbelievable. So yeah. Buffalo's a Buffalo's like a pillow, man. They're they're, <laughs> they're a good story. I mean, Josh Allen, <laughs> hug the pillow, Bill's Mafia. You know what I'm saying? They're a good story. They're a good story. But without believe, Von Miller. I, I can't believe the advice this week is to root for the Chiefs to not play at home in the AFC title game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good advice. I mean, it's a crazy league, man. I mean, there's just some crazy stuff going that's on. Just I guess me. The, that's just me. Both teams are really good. Yeah, you know, I know. You're going to have to prove it to go to the Super let's Bowl. Just, let's just beat and Jacksonville. Those this two week. teams have to prove it twice. I'm How put, about that? I'm they putting the cart before twice. the horse. Right, let's just get let's get past Jacksonville and then we'll Deal with it all next week. You've got uh, you got a big game to call here on Tuesday night at Bramlage Coliseum, KU and K State. Wildcats were flying high until Saturday at TCU, and they just it, it just was all bad. Kansas does not, you know. Danny Klinkskill told me last week. He said I can name Bill Self's been there twenty years. He said I think seventeen or eighteen of Bill Self's teams would beat this year's Kansas team, but they're number two in the country, 
And Bill Self is so good, all they do is win the game late. It's, just like, it's almost not even worth watching. Like everybody plays Kansas close and then Kansas wins at the end because he's so good at winning the game at the end. I feel like that's probably going to happen in Manhattan, that Kansas is going to find a way to win this game. But it doesn't really feel like some sort of game where Kansas is going to show up and win by 20, does it? No, they should not. Um, Kansas is coming and trying to reload after a national championship. You know, let's put this in perspective. They're, they're really good, off to a good start. But Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown, I mean, gosh, Kevin, those guys are mature winners, right? National Player of the Year, gutsy local kid that understands what it's like to carry on the Jayhawk tradition. Now, those guys aren't on the court right now. And they got Jalen Wilson, who's, you know, a star player, leads the league and with double digit, I mean, double doubles and, and just playing at a high level. Uh, Kansas, though, just doesn't know how to lose right now. They're a carryover from the previous year. That can work. Georgia won a national championship with a bunch of guys who are NFL stars, right? You know how many defensive guys? Was it five first-round picks off Georgia's defense last year went to the NFL? First round? So they had to reload at Georgia. And the thing that got them over the hump was they didn't know how to lose. Those guys didn't play perfectly all year long. Did you watch the Missouri game in football? Georgia was outplayed by Missouri. So, but they, you couldn't beat them because they didn't have anything in their DNA about losing. They thought they were still the team the year before. And their coach was excellent. Kansas is doing that right now. Kansas isn't a great team. If you took the Jayhawk jerseys away and you took Bill Self away from the sideline and the crowd at Allen Fieldhouse, if you did all those things, then they would be right there in the Big 12, one of the top four or five teams but not distinguishing themselves from the others, if that makes sense. But because they play in Allen Fieldhouse, because Bill Self is there, and because they were on the team last year and they have Kansas jerseys on, they think they're invincible. Close game situations are going to win. And until proven otherwise, why wouldn't we think it's going to continue? But here's the thing. It should be proven otherwise at some point. Uh, right now, Kansas is 5 or 6-0 and in games decided by 5 points or less. They that you know, they won and zero in games in overtime. I think they're eight and zero in games decided by ten points or less. Something I track all the time. So they've just been flawless. Tennessee got away from them. But other than that, every close game, even now Fieldhouse, Kevin, even against Oklahoma State, they could have lost. Right? They found a way to win. That is something to be complimented. But I'm telling you that they are going to have that bubble pop. Someone's going to put a pin in that balloon and pop it. And when that happens. Then they're going to have to reset where they really are. And the guys are going to look in the mirror and go, hey, wait, I'm not Ochai Abaji. But will that happen tonight when K-State plays? I don't know. K-State's 3-0 in overtime games. K-State's 8-0 in games decided by 10 points or less. Will that be enough? Will K-State be calm and able to fight through the mighty Jayhawks in a late-game situation? You know, until proven otherwise, you have to lean toward the Jayhawks. But they are vulnerable. They can be beaten. K-State can do it. I think Marquise Noel's got to play great. And that's a lot of pressure on him. He played as the best player in the country for two weeks, Kevin. Uh, but he didn't play. He only scored two points for the first 30 minutes or so against TCU. K-State needs him to play great to win this game. And they'll have a real chance. They really aren't much different than KU at all. If we went out and played on a Saturday afternoon, certain skins, K-State could match up with this version of Kansas very well, but what will the you – know, this is a bad example, but let me – when Nebraska got whipped in football 
by Oklahoma this year. Okay. Everyone said, oh my, this is the same Oklahoma. Here we go with Brent Venables, right? And I said, oh no, Oklahoma's not that good. When K-State popped Oklahoma's bubble, then other teams jumped on them. When K-State, remember when K-State beat a top 10 Oklahoma State team, mm-hmm. Kevin? Yeah. Oklahoma State was top 10 and K-State said, no, you're not, you're not that great. I mean, we match up great with you. We're, we're better than you. Go out, win the game, and then Oklahoma State started. Then KU pounded them the next week, right? Yeah. Now, KU has Bill Self. So I'm not talking about a, a big drop like OSU had in football or a big drop like Brent Venables and a first-year head coach at Oklahoma. But the, the theme is there, Kevin. You see where the team thinks they're way better than they really are. That's KU right now. Yeah. And Powerful. until you beat them, why, yeah. why wouldn't you be Kevin Keatsman sitting there next to Jessica going, they're going to win. I mean, yeah, I, don't I, think I watched I'm the be final 10 minutes of that, Iowa State, I, I, and I, I said they're going to win. Stan, I never thought Iowa State was going to win. Stan, this just in. I don't think I'm going to be sitting next to Jessica tonight watching this game. <laughs> okay, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about KU's playing other teams. I'm talking about KU's playing other teams. Oh, okay. Haven't you? This, yes. I bet this season, yes. in all these close games, I bet you sat there next to Jessica oh. and said, uh, KU's going to win. Oh, she quits on him. She gets nervous. She bites her nails. She fidgets. She gets crazy. And I'm like, what? What? Why? How can you even be wound up? I know how this ends. Kansas wins. Exactly. I know how this ends. So, Bill Self's unbelievable. These guys know how to win. Uh, Dewan Harris is an amazing point guard uh, to to just fight through. So I'm not. Hey, I'm not here trying to blast KU and say no. middle of the pack. I'm just saying that if they lost a close game. Other teams might find out, hey, why can't we beat them? And they're, then they'll have a fight to win the conference. They'll probably win the conference. Okay, I'll give them that. But they could lose three, four games, Kevin, and it would be no big deal. They're not if K-State as wants good to, as they were last year. Yeah, I think if K-State wants to win this game, they better go beat them by a dozen. Because if it comes down to the last two minutes, KU's winning. KU's winning. Yeah. As I've seen yeah, them. So. Last year, K-State was up by uh, like 19, 15 and a half. 19 at one point. Just like North Carolina. Half. Yeah. Yeah, just like North Carolina in a championship game. Same deal. And KU came back. They're, they're an amazing organization. Amazing. Bill Self's incredible. But it should be a great drama tonight. Ramage Coliseum is one of the great places in the country, especially when KU's in town. Uh, it evens things up. K-State has a real chance to win. You know, Bruce Weber won three times over Kansas. Frank Martin won two. Every time you beat KU, it's worth noting. That's yeah. how hard it is to beat the Jayhawks. They've won the last seven times these two teams have played. It should be great drama. Both these teams are pretty darn good teams yep. and and very well coached. So it'll be a lot of fun, no matter how it turns out. Have a great call, buddy. We always appreciate your time. Look forward to speaking with you next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about the Chiefs in the title game. I think the Chiefs should win, Kevin. Let's go Chiefs. Get it done. This is a perfect draw. But be ready. Don't If you're tailgating or you're getting your barbecue before the game, Kevin, don't think about other things going on in your life. Uh, don't concentrate on the next game. How's Buffalo, Cincinnati going to happen? Do not let that conversation ease in with your friends. Okay. Dead focus on Jacksonville. They are a mini Cincinnati. Right. They're way better than you think they are. Should be a good one Saturday. Thank you, Stan. Have a great week. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Bye. Okay. There's Stan Weber and he's got the call courtside tonight with Wyatt Thompson on the K-State Network of K-State and KU, and we love his insight into the NFL, and he's a tremendous college basketball analyst as well. The guy just knows sports and works so hard at his craft, and and we just appreciate having Stan on every time he's here. He's brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging.
Know what's inside. See what's inside. At Advanced Medical Imaging in Lawrence, online at medimageks.com. If you need to schedule an MRI or a CT scan, get outside those expensive, time-consuming hospital chains and go local with the great folks at Advanced Medical Imaging. You can also get a heart scan and find out your plaque score. It's under 100 bucks. Call Tricia at 785-856-0224. Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Right now, contact them for the bundle discount for 2023. You can bundle everything into one service deal. With Advantage Termite and Pest Control, they do, obviously, termites, mosquitoes, wildlife, critters, all kinds. They also do lawn care. If you want to bundle it up, you'll save big with Advantage. 913-768-8989 or online at AdvantageTPC.com. Bstock.net, just for the playoffs, offering free delivery on any purchase of $1,000 or more. This could be a television, it could be a TV and a computer, it could be a combination of things. They will deliver to your home absolutely free around the Kansas City area if you spend $1,000 or more at bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. And my buddy Tim Cross was over at a friend's house yesterday taking a look at his man cave Thinking about doing a remodel there, the man cave, crosskitchenskc.com. It's not just kitchens. Most folks like to have their kitchen redone. Sometimes you need to spruce up your man cave or a bathroom. Cross Kitchens does all that. Tim met with my friends yesterday and it went really, really well. They're discussing exactly what the plan will be and what the next steps are. Right now, they know this. The countertops are free. They agree to the contract by the end of January. The countertops are absolutely free. Now, through January 31st, free countertops on qualifying jobs at crosskitchenskc.com. That is a great deal that Tim has going. Appreciate him doing that. For all of our listeners, they had a record year, and he wanted me to make sure and say thank you to the listeners uh, on the podcast a few times this month for a record year in 2022 at Cross Kitchens. He had a great time working with so many of you. Pretty cool stuff. Don't forget to hit the like, follow, or subscribe button. Very important. Maybe find somebody, teach them about the podcast. Say, hey, I listen to this podcast. You might want to listen to this. Hit that like, follow, or subscribe button. It's absolutely free. If you'd like to become a patron, you know how to do that. Go to kkasissues.com. Sign up to become a patron. It's up in the upper right-hand corner. It just says, become a patron. Very simple stuff. We'll be doing a bonus pod, a patron podcast later today. We do the newsletter every weekend. Many people commented that last week's newsletter was the best one yet. If you sign up this week, I'll send you the newsletter. I'll send you. We wrote, it, it, well, it was really interesting. I was proud. I was very proud of it. And I got a lot of feedback that they thought it was the best newsletter that we've ever written here. So if you'd like to sign up and become a patron, I will forward the newsletter to you if you sign up this week. Just go to kkasissues.com. Do that, generally speaking, on your desktop or your laptop. It's a lot easier than trying to sign up on your phone. At Kevin Keatsman has issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 